All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Drop. Is it episode 600, Tim? Friday's will be. Friday's Friday. episode. 599. Very exciting. Thanks for joining us here. Nice Wednesday afternoon, February 7th, 2024. It's beautiful here in Michigan, almost 50 degrees. Tim, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Yeah, funny enough, I asked on Instagram, uh, how should we commemorate the 600th episode? We got some good answers. We'll have to read through some of them on, on the show on Friday if, we're do- if we don't do an interview, which we might be doing. I don't want to do anything. I'm not one of those guys who celebrates mundane milestones. 600 means absolutely nothing. Mm, that's just you. The people want just it. because there's two zeros on the end of the number doesn't mean a thing. Like I get a thousand is a big deal. It's 600. Who cares? Honestly, right? It doesn't do mean it. a thing. The people do, doesn't mean a thing. Whatever, John. Whatever. People do a lot of stuff. We're not going to do anything for 600. We're just going to treat like any other show because I I don't feel the need to everything special. Anyways, moving on. You know what is special? The fact that this episode is brought to you by Give Better. And I want everyone right now, please, to go to givebetter.app slash DTG. If you want to do something for our show, you want to you make us feel good, sign up for this app. It's fantastic. We need your help. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. A lot of people have already signed up. A lot of people have already won a lot of money. There's still the the minority of you who haven't done it yet so please go to givebetter.app slash dtg make your picks win a hundred dollars free it's a fantastic thing guess what super bowl's around the corner you can do the super bowl game you can do hockey games they got basketball games it's fantastic tim and i do it consistently i haven't won yet tim to my knowledge hasn't won yet but we're trying and we're not losing any money and maybe we'll win $100, maybe we won't, but it's a heck of a lot of fun. So go to givebetter.app slash DTG to try to win $100, Tim. Is, is it, it ends in the Super Bowl, right? Like, so it's ending this weekend. Your, your time is running out to win $100 American. Just in Canada, it's a lot of money. So go right now, yeah. givebetter.app slash DTG. That's right. Yep. I made my picks already for the Super Bowl. So I'm going the over on everything. Both teams. Way you think fun. so? Yeah, I think I might have gone under on one player on the 49ers, but over on four out of five. And if I get them all right, I win 100 bucks. Not a bad day. Yeah, the over is always more enjoyable, especially when you're watching the game. But I think you got to be realistic where Kansas City's just got a crazy good defense. 
So I might go the under on a few of the 49ers, but they're pretty, pretty solid too. I haven't done the Super Bowl yet. I like to go day to day. I don't like to look too far ahead of my life. I'm, I live in the moment. I don't live in the future. All right, Tim, you, you caught wind of a crazy story here from James Dolan and the New York Rangers. James Dolan, by the way, who was one of the most crazy billionaires I've ever came across in my life. I've just based on my life, I've ran ran across a few billionaires in my life, owners of the franchises mostly. James Dolan's a weird cat, man. Like he he's a weird, eccentric guy. I don't know how he built his empire if he was gifted it through his parents, if he just did it by sheer hard work. I have no idea how he has all these entities under his umbrella. He's a strange guy, like definitely weird. So what's the story coming out of New York here, Tim? regarding James Dolan. Yeah, so there's two things you need to know, and, and you might have caught wind of this on Twitter already. So the first thing is that the NHL draft this coming year in 2024 will be at the Sphere in Vegas. That's that big round ball looking thing, and they have the video playing. Well, it's a Sphere. It's, it's, it's a, a Sphere. sphere. It's, it's a, a um, inside, like, it's really cool. Like, a lot of bands and musicians have done, like, it's, like, immersive. Like, the screen's all over. It can make you feel like you're walking with dinosaurs. They can make you feel like you're in outer space. It's pretty cool. It's a spectacle. And so the, the outside has LED lights. You can have pictures and it's like a TV on the outside. It's pretty amazing. Um, and it's a very immersive experience. So the draft will be there and I'm sure they're going to have all kinds of like um, highlights and clips and stuff, you know, projected up on these big screens. So it'll be fun, a lot of fun to watch. So that's what the draft will be this coming year. The second thing you need to know is that the Rangers are at the top of their division. They're in a playoff hunt. They're going to be looking to add at the deadline in a couple of weeks. Why are those two things related? Well, Darren Dreger said that the Rangers made an offer for Elias Lindholm last week, and obviously it was rejected because he went to Vancouver. The main reason that it was rejected because they didn't meet the asking price and they did not include a first-round pick in the offer. Hmm. Dig a little bit deeper. Why didn't they include the first-round pick? Because the owner of the Rangers, billionaire James Dolan, said he would like to keep a 2024 first-round pick because he wants the Rangers to be part of this spectacle of the draft. If the draft was in Montreal or San Jose, he would not care. Because it's in Vegas and because it's part of the sphere, he needs to be there. He wants the Rangers to be front and center at the draft. Oh, and by the way, Dolan owns the sphere. This is crazy. This is like, it's, you know, so Drury now, the, the GM, has to look for ways to make his team better without one of his most valuable and expendable in their situation assets the first round pick in 2024 they can't get rid of it he can trade next year's first round pick they can trade some prospects maybe a, a caco you know what i mean like or hedel or hedel's heart so I, you got to do something with that without being able to trade your first round pick john what's your take on all this well it's, it's just stupid right it just you you're sacrificing a chance at winning a stanley cup because the the rangers are one of the few teams that have that chance right there there's there's a pool of like five to ten teams that legitimately have a chance to win the stanley cup and they're right in the mix and the owner's just like no we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna trade our first rounder like that's that's their biggest chip right now they don't have much salary cap space they have a little bit they don't have they have a decent amount of prospects but they want to keep those guys the biggest one is the first round pick that's what every gm asks for when you're in a trade that's what they need that's what they want if they're going to further the conversations and the the fact that they could have had Elias Lindholm and they didn't get him because Dolan said no has to be frustrating as heck for Chris Drury. 
Because how is he supposed to do his job when he you have nothing to trade? Like this, this is your number one thing. You nailed it. It's and it's expendable because it's going to be a low end first rounder. So it's not going to be any good player coming back. But GM's value first round picks. It looks good in the margins. We have three first rounders. It's it's a sexy stat to look at. How maddening what must it be if you're Chris Drury when you have a deal on the table? I'm guessing they had a prospect and a first rounder, much like Calgary did or Vancouver did. They gave Kuzmenko in a first rounder. They probably had Capo Caco and a first rounder, but they wouldn't give up the first rounder. So it's how do you how do you do business? You can't. And then does this does this cost them a Stanley Cup, Tim? We don't know. I think it might. Now- and then do they still consider going all in at the deadline, trading like Akako or some of these young defensemen or whatever to go and get a, a piece at the deadline? And all of a sudden that guy goes off. The first round pick never turns into anything. This whole 24 hours in Vegas, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not worth it. It's the business getting in the way of hockey. And I was thinking about this because I saw the clip of Dreger, um sharing the story. I'm like, how does he know? Where did yeah, this right. story come from, right? It, it came from Drury. It had to. This is my opinion. I'm guessing. I'm speculating. But it had to either come from Drury directly or indirectly to Dreger because he's letting the teams know that, that he's frustrated. There's no other way for this to get out. Like, Dreger's not in the rooms. He's not bugging phones. Someone told him the story. And there's not that many people that would know this. It has to be, came from the top. So um, I think Drury's probably putting his owner on blast a little bit. And I'm sure Dolan is not – I bet he doesn't care. Probably, but at best, he's not happy that um, the story got out. It well, doesn't it could make him came, It could have came from Calgary as well. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe potentially. But I, I don't, yeah, maybe. Interesting. Dolan's the guy who kicked um, Charles Oakley out of the Madison Square Garden because Oakley was critical of him a little bit, and Oakley wanted to get his bring his neck. So he's he's a eccentric billionaire. It's just very strange. If you own the sphere, just go. Like, I I, I don't – I think all the teams go even if they don't have a draft pick because you can make trades. You could be a part of the – I don't know how much smoke there is to this. This just seems strange to me because, uh, like, there's a, there's a day two of the draft, right? Uh, I, I, I was never drafted, so I don't know how it works. If the owners just all of a sudden the GMs say, okay – First round's done. Let's go home as quick as we can and then finish the draft. I think they stay in the city and at the venue, but I guess it's not on TV. He wants to have the bright lights and go up on the stage, maybe. That's what he's wanting, that picture op. Sounds pretty childish to me. Yeah, I guess. And he's going he's gonna to be part of it regardless. You know what I mean? Like He's going to get his photos. He's going to get his attention and his money. He owns the freaking thing. So I don't understand why it's so critical for you. Hey, how about winning a cup? Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Wouldn't you get some good photos there, some good press, some money? Wouldn't that be better than this draft night? Makes no sense to me. I have heard actually that the the sphere is just hemorrhaging money and it's not it's not making um making any money. That's what I heard. Through the grapevine. It's a spectacle, you know. It's a spectacle. But it's it's a cool building. James Dolan owns that. Isn't that bizarre? I had no idea. I didn't know that. He's rich, man. Like, there's rich, and then there's, like, rich, rich. Like, I, I was reading something the other day about how much more a billion is to a million. It's remarkable the difference between one million and one billion. It's it's insane. It's it's a hundred, a hundred, like, exponentially bigger to get to a billion. Like, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling to have that much money. And he's got multiple billions. It's crazy. 
Yeah. So how do you like what interactions do players have with owners? Like, do you see these guys in the hallway or do they welcome new players when they come to town? Or is it only at like events or like when do you different owners are different? James Dolan was such a weirdo. You would only see him every once in a while and he wouldn't talk. He was like very standoffish. Other owners like Terry Pagula, richer than James Dolan, Terry Pagula, he was always around hanging out at the rink after the games. You'd be shooting the breeze with him. His wife was always around Kim. Great. Craig Leopold in Minnesota, always around. You would see him. And then other owners, they'd be like, like the owner in San Jose, where everybody was like, does he, has, does he have legal issues? Because he would just be like, never around. So there, there's just different types of owners. They have different interests in hockey. Some, like I think for James Dolan, the Rangers are just an asset. He doesn't love hockey. Whereas Craig Leopold and, you know, Who's the guy? Pagula. They love hockey. They they want to be at every game. They're fans of the game. So it's just uh, different uh, strokes for different folks, Tim. And some are nicer and some are not nice. And James Dolan was not that he wasn't nice. He's weird. It would not surprise me if like something came out against him. Like he was trying to buy like, I don't want to get into it. He's just a weird guy. He's got, a, I, I, I would assume, a lot of skeletons in his closet. Just he just you know when you get that vibe about somebody, he gives me that vibe. I shouldn't be alleging stuff about a billionaire who could probably kill me if he wanted to. You know what I mean? He probably has that poll. Make a call and say John Scott needs to disappear, and then I'm just then I'm just gone. And then you're hosting the show by yourself. And then what are we gonna do? There goes our listeners, or we might increase. You never know. All right, I just. I, I just looked him up because I, I couldn't I didn't remember what he looked like and I, I recognize him. But yeah, that's a that's a that's a billionaire face for sure. That's like this guy's got something to hide. I don't know what it is. And he's not something. a good dresser either. I don't know. Now we're just getting personal. We should. We got to see the, <laughs> the, the best in everybody. All right. Let's let's get to Toronto. More business talk. I like this story. This one's a fascinating story to me. Do you want to break it down, Tim? And then I'll go into the details. How do you want to do this? Sure. So uh, I'll just introduce it quickly. The Maple Leafs captain, John Tavares, is currently fighting against the Canada Revenue Agency, which is their version of the American IRS, over an $8 million tax bill. Million dollars. (laughs) The tax bill, basically, Tavares said that he should own 15% of his signing bonus in 2018, which is just over $15 million. Um, he argues that the bonus should have been taxed only at 15% because there's an agreement between Canada and the U.S. for um, a tax treaty that sets the lower tax rates for quote-unquote inducements, which means signing bonuses, performance bonuses, things like that paid to actors, athletes, musicians, etc. The CRA, the, the Canada Revenue Agency, says that the bonus should be taxed at 38%, which is the standard rate for this tax bracket. They argue that the NHL's bonus structure does not meet the qualifications in the language and the technical areas um, for reduced tax rates. So Tavares is currently in a dispute with him, and the story broke this morning, so people are talking about it. John, why is this a big deal? Well, there's a lot of layers to this. First and foremost, this is what we call a tax loophole. And uh, for those of you in the States, Donald Trump famously was in a debate with Hillary Clinton and she says, you don't pay any taxes. And he goes, you're right, because I'm smart, because I don't have to. I use the same loopholes as you and your rich friends use, and I'm smart. John Tavares is a smart guy or his his financial guy is a smart guy. 
And when you see a chance to pay less taxes, you do it. I do it. Everybody does it. You try to beat the system. You try to file your taxes as you know smartly as you can. I don't know if smartly is a word. So when when he when he files his taxes in 2018, his first year with Toronto Maple Leafs, his base salary, his base salary, I think, is nine hundred and sixty thousand dollars. So not very much. His bonus on that salary was fifteen point three million dollars his first year. So if he's filing that taxes, he files his income as nine hundred and sixty thousand dollars. That's the amount that gets taxed 38% on because he would still be in the upper upper range of taxes. So sorry, his base salary was $650,000. His bonuses were 15.3. That 15.3 salary only gets taxed 15% because there's this loophole where, okay, this is it's it's strange how you word it but it's not it's not a base salary he could have been traded that could have that money could have gone away he could have been sent down to the miners that $650,000 could be adjusted based on where he is that 15.25 is guaranteed so that they they tried to the language they would use saying it's different from his base salary so it's only taxed at 15% the last 40 years that hasn't been an issue. For some reason, the CRA is now going after all these guys for their signing bonuses, which is a huge issue, a massive issue. When you look at every Canadian team, go through their roster. You go Toronto, you go Edmonton, you go Vancouver, you go every team. Go to their high-end players. I, I just did it with Toronto. You can go to Edmonton, go to Connor McDavid's contract. He makes $12.5 million. So do you think his salary is $12.5 million a year? No. His salary is $2 million, $1 million. His signing bonus is $13, $12, $11 million. It's because he only gets taxed 15% on that. That's how they make it work by playing in Canada. The tax rates are so much higher. They're 38% and rising. But to make it work for Canadian players to go play in Canada, to make them competitive, they have to overload the signing bonuses so the tax rate gets lowered to 15%. Now the CRA, the IRS equivalent in Canada is saying, we're not doing that anymore. This is this is your base salary. That's that's how we're seeing it. So we're going to tax it all at 38%. So this, this just happened to Fares this week. He wakes up and he's got a bill from the, the CRA saying, you owe us $8 million just for that one year, Tim. Just for that one year. 6.8 in um, the offset for the the earnings, and then another 1.2 for back taxes owed on that, which is bonkers because they just go back and reassess him and say, okay, you owe this. And then, oh yeah, we're going to put taxes on top of that. To me, it screams that the the liberal government, I don't want to get into politics too much. The liberal government came in, into Canada, into power, I think 2016. They immediately raised the taxes. It was 29%. They bumped it up to 33%, which is a big jump. And then they raised the upper tax on the 1% up to 38%. They're spending out the yin-yang. My dad, I talk to him all the time, my brother, everybody who lives in Canada, they spend on so much junk tin that nobody cares about, and they're just sending money overseas. They're spending money on all this crap that nobody gives a hoot about. And Justin Trudeau is just a celebrity in certain circles. The majority of the country hates his guts. Can't stand the way he runs the country. Canada has... They've gone from... 
I don't want to make this a political show. They've gone from being the number one country. When I was growing up, I was proud to go somewhere and say I'm Canadian. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? They're a laughing stock of everywhere now. You you like go go places and hide your Canadian leaf. You like it's there's no national pride anymore from what I'm concerned. And that's because of Justin Trudeau. Going back to Tavares's contract, they are in debt to the yin yang. So I think what they're doing is they're saying, okay, these guys make $15 million and they're only paying tax on a million dollars. We have to offset that. We have to get some money back in the coffers because we're hemorrhaging money to fund all these crap agendas. And so they go and they nail these guys. And the big deal for this is, yes, it hurts Tavares. Yes, it hurts McDavid and Giants and all these players because they're going to be, if they if this goes through and Tavares fails, he's going to be teed up. It's only $8 million for the first year, Tim. He could potentially owe upwards of $30 million in back taxes. $30 million bucks because every year he's making that big signing bonus. So it, it's a big deal. The bigger deal is good luck recruiting players to come play in Canada. Good luck. Tavares even had to take a break in salary to play in Toronto, a hometown discount. If he signs the same contract in Dallas or Florida, his take-home salary of the whatever it was a year, $11 million, is $6 million, six and a half. He's only taking home four and a half with the tax rate as it is. So if you jack up his signing bonus to 38%, his take-home on an $11 million base salary across the board for his eight-year contract, it's roughly three point eight a year, I want to say, on an $11 million salary, Tim. $11 million. He's taking home like four. Isn't that isn't that wild? Everybody think these guys are just set for life. Like that's like that's that's in, criminally insane. And so yeah, the, it's going to be a huge deal. The outcome of this case, this will have huge ripple effects five, ten, fifteen years down the road because players Matthews is is desperately awaiting the outcome of this. He just signed a new deal that kicks in next year for thirteen and a half. All of his money is is signing bonus. Like all of it. His base salary is like $1 million. There's huge implications from this. Thank you, Trudeau, for ruining every Canadian franchise if this goes through. You piece of garbage. Thank you very much. All right. What do you think about this, Tim? This is fun for me because I'm learning so much stuff that I didn't already know about, like the business of hockey. And like, if you're, if you're Matthews, if you're JT Miller, I just looked him up. He's got a similar deal. Like if you're look any of these stars in Canada who have, this type of contract structure, are you calling your, your, your guy right now? Your hundred percent. Yeah. Your, your lawyers, your accountants, all those things like, Hey, are we about to get hit with this too? Because like you said, it's not just, it's not just, it, it sucks for Taveras, but it's going to hurt for a lot of other guys as well. If this, cause this is going to be a precedent now. It's not just a one-off thing. This is going to be, become the standard, right? Oh, without a doubt, they will go through every team if, if this happens and say, okay, and it, I don't know how far they can go back. If they're going back and dinging him for two thousand, I might get dinged. I played in Montreal for half a season. I'm, I didn't have any signing bonus. So, but this, this could be a thing where you go and you just, you nail every player. I, I don't know how this is possible or how they can do it, but it's, um, it's definitely an interesting tactic by this government to try to gain money. But uh, we'll see if it plays out. I, I hope Tavares can can win this because this this would essentially eliminate any chance for any free agent to go play in Canada, unless you want to go play at at home. 
So if you're just to understand like why the, how these contracts come to be, it makes sense from a player's perspective why they want to structure it this way. Does it change anything on the team's end, or nope. is it fifteen million dollars out the door? It doesn't matter how it's split up from their perspective. Yeah, it doesn't matter because it, there's your signing bonus, your your base salary, and then what counts against the cap. So if you go to anybody's contract, then there's there's playoff bonuses that players don't usually do anymore. But yeah. Signing bonus, base salary, that's added together. That's the money that counts against your cap. So it, it, it bears no the, – the team doesn't care at all, at all. They, the only way it would care is if, if you have a veteran player and you front load his contract. And players did this in the past to make it easier to offload them. The, the Blackhawks did it a ton with Hosa and K- Keith and Seabrook. They got like 90% of their salary within the first three years of their contract. And the last – five years there was no signing bonus and their base salary was like a million dollars so it made them easier to trade because the actual money being spent to the player was less their cap hit was still high but the money being paid to them was was substantially less so in the first three years of their deals they were getting paid 20 million dollars a year but then the last four years they were probably only getting two you know what I mean? The NHL took that loophole out, I think, recently, but there's still the fact of, yeah, like if if you look at, let's go back to McDavid. He's making $13, $12.5 million next year. It's all front loaded. Then when you get to the last couple of years, he's still making 10, but it's not 15. So a team maybe saves $5 million off the books, but the, the cap hit is still 12 and a half. So there's a lot of nuances that the NHL is trying to get rid of that loophole, which kind of makes sense but because you could just sign a player like a Tavares or anybody for eight years and then trade him after five years and the other team only has to pay him like league minimum and you milk the first good five years out of his contract so so I know you're not an expert in this sort of thing I mean I guess you know a lot about it but do you have any sense of like how long this will take to get a resolution are we talking like months or years of arbitration and back and forth filings and stuff? Or is this something that like a court will decide the next couple of weeks? You know, I I would think this takes quite a while because it sounds like that the CRA hasn't even responded to the appeal from Tavares. So I, who knows, who knows? It it sucks for Johnny T like this is, this is a (laughs) crap burger waking up in the morning too. It's like, really? It's like, I did you guys a favor coming to sign here. I did you a favor. He turned down. I just read this. He turned down a seven-year, $91 million in San Jose. Seven years, $91 million. I could have played with him for Pete's sake. But uh, yeah, and now now he wakes up to this where he's like, I I did you guys a favor. And so I I don't know how this shakes out, but it's a huge deal. Everybody in the States is hoping that the government wins. He's like, yeah, let's go. No free agents are going to want to go to Canada anymore. This would stink. Gosh. Yeah. Trudeau, and that's kind what of a, what a dick. This the summary is like he he took a cap, he took a, a a money cut to sign with Toronto because of the taxes. And then they're they're trying to hit him for even more. And I know we're talking about a guy whose career earnings are around ninety-five million dollars. Like he's gonna be okay. Like no one's he's not he's not, you know, looking for coupons now all of a sudden, but this is a big deal and this is a lot of money. And then obviously, like you said, it impacts the rest of the league for the next you know, five, 10 years. So it'll be really interesting to keep an eye on and see where this goes. And to all you people 
who say, well, he's a millionaire. We don't care. He should just suck it up and, you know, take it. He's still making $4 million. He's this and he's that. You can suck it. He signed a contract and there was rules in place. He should be paid what he's worth. I I, I, I don't like when people do that. Well, he's just, you know, he's, he's, he's a millionaire. Yeah, he's a damn good hockey player and he deserves to be paid what he's worth. And just because the government is spending money and they want some back doesn't mean they can come and just pick his pocket because they they don't think he did his taxes right. You don't think John Tavares has a pretty good tax team? You don't think they dot their I's and cross their T's and know what they're doing? It it's it screams of we're panicking because we we need money and we're going after these guys because it's it's good publicity and no one's going to get behind these millionaires because they're already so rich. And yes, they are. They have a right to be rich. They are one of the 0.0001% best hockey players on the planet. And oh, by the way, they make so much money for Toronto. You don't think the Leafs' economic impact is huge in the Toronto area? Massive. Stupid. I, I just read some of the comments on an article. Like, oh, I, you know, he's this and that. <laughs> Stuff drives me bonkers. So you're telling me. Anybody who was writing those comments, if someone offered you a, a pay raise, you wouldn't be upset if, if the government came back and said, you know, we're going to need some of that back. We're going to need we're going to need some of that back. It doesn't matter how much you make. It's the prim- principle of the matter. Stupid Twitter keyboard warriors drive me bonkers. All right. Wendy's ad, Tim, let's do it. S-O-G-G-A-A, P-P-G. All those acronyms can make or break your week, but don't overlook B-P-M-M. The Wendy's Bacon Portobello Mushroom Melt. Sure, it may not help you win weekly prizes with Wendy's and Daily Faceoff Fantasy, but unlike your predictions, it never disappoints. So try your luck, but don't push it because the Bacon Portobello Mushroom Melt is only back for a limited time. And if you miss it, you won't get a second chance. Sign up for Daily Faceoff today, sponsored by Wendy's and the Wendy's app. So one of the things I wanted to do on this episode is we, we, we're a little bit past the halfway mark now, but go back and revisit our preseason bold predictions. Before we and do I that, wanna, have you had um, a Wendy's bacon portobello mushroom melt yet? I'm not. I'm not a mushroom guy, so no. Have I you? haven't had one either. I want to get one. It sounds delicious. Wendy's is one of my, my one of my spots. I don't go to fast food very often because my body's my temple, right? And I just I treat it so right. But I, I want to go try one. It's every time we do the ad, I'm like, I should do that. That sounds delicious. So get some lunch today. They should give us some gift cards. You know what I mean? Get a nice video of you eating the sandwich. Yes, they pay us money. I get that. But a <laughs> gift card goes just as far. So, I don't know. Maybe I just am asking too much. Maybe. But yeah, let's go back to the bold predictions, Tim, because I'm honestly not excited about this because I know my bold predictions. I don't, uh-huh. think I'm, I don't think I'm close on any of them. But yours, you're looking pretty good. Yeah, so let's go through these one by one. And and again, they are bold. It's not like our actual predictions for what's literally going to happen. They are a little bit outside the box. They are a little bit bold. Um, so, John, yours first one. McDavid will score 175 points. I don't have his stats in front of me. He's not going to hit that mark. Well, it, it, that's skewed because he's been hurt, right? And so that has affected his his output. He has 68 right now. And if if he were to be healthy... You know, maybe he would have been a little better, but he he hasn't been healthy. I don't know the amount of he's only played 44 games. So you put him on a if he's played 10 more games, he's probably up around 130 points on pace. 
His no, pace right now is one twenty seven. Yeah. Yeah, but so maybe I was a little little shy, but <laughs> um, he, he missed ten games. What do you want me to do? Well, the seven next games. one, Dougie Hamilton leads the defenseman in points and wins the Norris. Again. Now, similar major injury, torn pack. He's been out for like two months. He wasn't doing that much before the injury, stats wise. So probably wasn't going to come true, but. I think you might get a little bit of a uh, break on that one just because no, he, he played 20 time. games. He played 20 games and he had 16 points and it was a slow start for the team as a whole. And we, we've seen this team struggle to score the whole season five on five. If, they, if they're not on the power play, they're not scoring goals, basically. So that one might have been a stretch. I might have overestimated Dougie's impact. But yeah, again, he's injured. So I'm going to take that one as not a loss. as just a, a push to next year. Okay, the next one. This is my favorite one. It is. Your prediction. The Bruins set the record for biggest points drop in consecutive season. I'm just going to – you're wrong, right? Can we say that? The season's not over. So <laughs> we, we have to wait to the end of the year to okay. really put our final stamp on this. They have 71 points right now, but there's – Tim, they, they, lost last, they lost last night. So yeah, we'll see where this goes. Good. It wasn't a great, great showing for them. Our friend of the show, Jeremy Swayman, looked a little shaky. So that being said, maybe they go on a little streak and they lose 20, 30 in a row. And then then who's <laughs> laughing? Then who's yeah, laughing? Okay. Yeah, that was an ugly game. Not good. Um, next one, Ovechkin leads goal scoring with 62. Scores last night. Scored last night. In the rest of his career. Well, think- this was this was more of me hedging my bets. <laughs> it's like when you have a big bet and you 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 might win it, and it's for a large amount, and then you bet on the other team just to hedge your bets. So that's what I was doing. I I don't think he was. I didn't think he was going to score sixty two, but I didn't want the vitriol that came along with it. So I was like, yeah, throw it out there. He's got one win. Ten cap fans. Yeah, I know. I missed. A, I had a lot of good times in Washington because I. Uh, I didn't play there during the Eastern Conference Finals or Eastern Conference Semifinals when the Rangers went up against uh, the Capitals, but I spent a lot of time there. You know what I mean? Restaurants, the after-hours places. It was a lot of fun. Oh, I, I enjoyed my time in Washington. It was it was a great town. So nothing but respect for the, uh, well, the, the restaurant side of it. I enjoyed it. There are some good restaurants. Last one here, Fantastic. Toronto. Toronto versus Edmonton Cup final. This could happen. We're not ruling that out yet. This this is my this is my one. I'm going to hang my hat on. I think this one has a good chance to come to fruition. If if the GMs make a few more moves, oh gosh, Vancouver's looking pretty solid though. But yeah, you never know. Edmonton finally yeah. lost. You suits had they were going to win. They're going to win forever. Lost to Vegas. Yes, they did. Okay, let's Nailed go it. to mine now my first one buffalo i'll and start ottawa. with yours let me do yours okay. okay i'm talking too much buffalo and ottawa both make the playoffs right now they, they rank seventh and eighth in the atlantic and ottawa's last in the east and buffalo's second last in the east so that was a big tank job there yeah they really disappointed me i thought for sure one of them it was like okay which one takes the step this year and they both took a step backwards so yeah, swinging a myth on that one. That that has to be a big disappointment. That's a disappointment for me. I was right on board with you because I remember after you made your picks, I kind of gave it to you for like that's not really bold because these are pretty good picks. Buffalo and Ottawa are going to be good teams this year. All right, a defenseman 
not named Eric Carlson will get 100 points. Thoughts? This is looking real good. So obviously this came off Carlson to 102 points last year, whatever it was. There are two defensemen, you can guess who, Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr. Oh, Quinn, yeah. That are on pace for over 100. So TBD, they could obviously slow down, but it's looking pretty good right now. Yeah, Quinn Hughes is sitting at 64 with like 30 games to go. So that looks like it's going to hit. They're not slowing down with the additions that they've gotten. All right, next one. Five teams make the playoffs from the Pacific Division. So that would mean both wild cards are filled by Pacific Division teams. As it stands right now, they have zero teams from the Pacific, or one team from the Pacific Division in the wild card, and the St. Louis Blues are in the second. The next closest Pacific Division team is the Seattle Kraken, two points behind the Blues. So still bullish on this one, Tim? I'm feeling pretty good about this one. So there's four out of five right now in a playoff spot. And then you also, you didn't mention Calgary, one point behind the Kraken. So they're both just a couple of points out of um, the the second wildcard spot. So this is still very possible. And Calgary's Calgary's, pretty good. I'll tell you what, we'll get to that in a second. I, I might be right about this trade that just happened. But all right, Tim, your fourth bold prediction, three different rookies score 80 points. Yeah, this was probably my boldest one. Not going to happen. Obviously, Bedard's out. He could have been there, but um, you didn't really see that from Fantilli. And then the the next best rookies have been the defensemen, Luke Hughes and Brock Faber. So, yeah, just I was really excited for it, but it didn't happen. Will one rookie score 80? That's the bigger question. The answer probably is no. No. No, not this year. Can't win them all. Bruins win the Atlantic. Right now? Looking pretty good. They they sit first place in the Atlantic, five points ahead of the Florida Panthers with 32 games to go. Thoughts? This was bold at the time. Yeah. Not, you know what I mean? Like objectively as a hockey fan, you look at their roster and everyone was leaving. And the second thing is like emotionally for Bruins fans, it was a real low point for us. So for me to be able to say, hey, they're going to come back and they're going to win this division again. It was bold. And right now it's looking pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Do you still think they'll win the division? The Panthers are on their heels. The Panthers have been playing very well. Tampa has kicked it into gear. They've all of a sudden ripped off eight out of ten, three in a row. They're they're feeling themselves. Toronto is always dangerous. They're struggling of late, but you still so confident on the Bruins maintaining their first place spot? I am. Yep, I am. And I, you know, we're gonna have to talk about them approaching the deadline. What do they do? Because they went in all in last year. Can't do well, that what again. Can they do? So. They yeah. <laughs> don't have anything to trade. They have one of the weakest prospects pools in the NHL. They don't have anything in the coffers. They don't have a first-round pick this year. They don't have a second-round pick. They do not have a third-round pick. They have a first-round pick next year. They don't have a second-round pick. So, they're, Tim, there's no way they can make any moves, right? They have no money to spend. I don't, Nothing. I don't want them to make any moves. I like the team where we have. Oh, I agree. Well, you just said, what are they going to do with the deadline? Well, it's funny because I was um, on the radio show last week in my hometown, and they were asking me about that. Like, what do the Bruins do with the deadline? And I'm like, be prepared for nothing. Go get like a seventh defenseman, some depth or like penalty killing forward or whatever. Like, it's not going to be anything good, if anything at all. So hold on a second. You did a radio show without telling me? (laughs) Should I run it by you first? Yeah, this is a brand thing. You got to let me know. How'd it go? It was good. It was WATD in Marshfield, Massachusetts, hometown of uh, Steve Carell and David Warsawski. Um, just a South Shore show, south of Boston. So it was fun. It was like a 30-minute oh. spot. 
I just Aubrey did the em- Empty Netters show. How was it? Nice guys. Yeah. I, I actually, out of all the interviews I've done, I think they were the most prepared. They were great. Very, very they, well done. Very clean. I've never listened, but they do like very well on social media, like very well-spoken, confident, like articulate, funny. They seem, they seem like cool guys. You know what it is? Because they're not hockey players. They're actually like, they know the ins and outs of like what makes a good interview, what makes a good radio show, a podcast. They, they, they're you, but two of them. <laughs> They do their due diligence. It's not just like two hockey guys trying to do a podcast and it's just broing out, which is good. People like it and you have the stories, but it's not as polished and clean as, as some shows are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it was, good. it was, it was a nice contrast from doing other shows where it's just like, come on, you guys, let's go. Like, so so John, the all-star game, uh, what was that like? Yeah. Man? Just, but not even that, like just having nothing in the chamber for a question and it's just like dead air. They were great. They're going back and forth. Interesting questions. Check it out. Empty netters. I don't usually, you know, suggest other podcasts to listen to. They're, they were good. I would listen to them if I listen to a hockey podcast, which I don't. Why would I? All right, Tim, moving on. Quick hits. Quick hits, Tim. Yeah, for a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more with DoorDash. Download the DoorDash app and enter promo code NATION25. Offer valid in Canada. Subject to change. Terms may apply. You know, these tax things in Canada, you might need that 15%. So I would go check that out. Um, and I apologize to our majority U.S. audience. No <laughs> Nothing for you guys. That's the truth, um, though. The majority of our listeners are in the States. Yeah. So, what are you going to do? You can't win them all, USA. You know what I mean? So, you know what? Send a receipt to Tim and he'll he'll reimburse you 25%. <laughs> Uh, no, I will not. Um, Nick Bonino was placed on waivers for the purposes of terminating his contract with the Rangers. Kind of interesting here. Basically, the Rangers knew that he wasn't going to be on the team anymore, and they, they were going to send him down to the waiver to the minors and give him the opportunity because he's the veteran, because they respect him to think about it. Do you want to show up and play down there, or would you like us to terminate the contract? He took the all star break to think about it, said, I don't want to go down to the AHL. Um, and so he asked for that termination and the Rangers said, you got it. So he'll be a free agent when the ball goes through. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he gets picked up, maybe, you know, that minimum, but he's not, he hasn't done anything this year, but whatever. Although he's been, he's been garbage this year. Yeah. Yeah. And in the advanced stats, it's like 7% value. It's like not very good, but no, he he gives you that veteran. Remember when he was in Pittsburgh? The HBK line, so incredibly good. They were they were fun to watch. He was there in the playoff run. They won a couple, one one cup, I believe, not two. two. But did he win back to back? 17. integral part of those uh, those playoff teams in Pittsburgh. There, so he's got some experience. Someone will kick the tires on him, give him a PTO, bring him in, see how how much tread they got in those tires. But yeah, he wasn't good in the Rangers. Didn't didn't fit. Didn't really fit there. Anything else? The Blackhawks announced that they are going to be hosting the Winter Classic next season at Wrigley Field. Wait, what year is it? Did we already say that one? Oh, it's happened again. The <sighs> seventh every outdoor year. game for Chicago. I think it's the is it the fourth Winter Classic? Some yeah, of these others for are them. series. Yeah. Against the Blues. Um, boring. Don't care. Won't watch. Right? Well, no one else is watching because the viewership for these outdoor games has been just 
consistently dropping from year to year. It started out high with Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Detroit, Chicago was really great viewership. Then basically since the outdoor game in Toronto and Detroit, it's been a, a steady drop until a low last year. Seattle and Vegas only drew 1.1 million people. That ain't good. That's a quarter of the high. So something needs to change. And I think it's just a watered down commodity. Nobody watches anymore. It's just every year there's three to four outdoor games, whether it's, you know, in Europe or down in Mexico or who knows in Australia, nobody cares anymore. And then you just keep recycling the same teams because it's a big market and maybe they get a gate, you know, a high gate, but the TV viewership just, just they could care less. What is your dream matchup for an outdoor game, Tim? And where would you put it? Because you've had Wrigley Field. You've had, what's the one? Fenway. You've done all those venues. Is there one spot that would be really neat for you to go, oh, I would watch that? I would love to do a, one of the ones up in Canada in the mountains. Those outdoor ponds. I, I was thinking I mean? that. Same thing. Like Banff or whatever. Yeah. Do Vancouver, Edmonton. And go to like a glacier in like Lake Louise somewhere where it's just clear ice. It wouldn't have you wouldn't have to have fans. Just do an outdoor game with just no fans. You know what I mean? Just have the team, almost like Mystery Alaska. Be so cool. How would um the quality of the ice come into play though? Like, is the ice pretty good up for that for an NHL game? I've never, I've never skated on a. What you could do is have three different. Just move the rink around. Yeah. So have a fresh, fresh ice every period. Oh, so cool. They won't (laughs) do it because they're just not not as smart as we are. All right. What else, Tim? Yeah. So the two um, newest trade moved pieces made both made their debuts last night for the new teams, Lindholm and Kuzmenko. I watched Kuzmenko, obviously, because they were playing the the Bruins and they looked pretty good. The Bruins looked pretty bad, but Kuzmenko got a goal. Lindholm had two goals, and both teams are in the win. So both looking pretty good after this deal. Tell you what, I'm a man of my word. After our last show, I went and picked up Kuzmenko on my fantasy team because I think he's going to just take off. You watch. He's going to, from here until the end of the year, they play 30-some games. I bet you he puts up 15 to 18 goals. He'll be the highest-scoring guy in the last third of the season. Prediction. Bold prediction. (laughs) You heard it here first. He's going to need a ton of ice time. Yeah, he's going to kill it. I bet you he'll be finished with what? 70 goals? Some I don't know how much he has. He's going to do great. Please. Kuzmenko, Calgary. That was, that'll go down as maybe a win for them at the end of the day. Getting a high draft pick and then a Kuzmenko caliber player. So good for Craig Conroy. All right, what's going on in Washington, Tim? All these, all these Russians entering the player assistant program. What's going on? Yeah, Kuznetsov is the latest to enter the NHLPA player assistance program going to be, you know, out of contact and out of unavailable for the in, for the indefinite period while he receives care. So, we won't hear from him and hopefully, you know, wish him all the best. Hopefully he's okay. I wouldn't You think it's um you think it's <laughs> Whatever you're going to say, just don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. All right, we wish we got. Best from dropping we do. the gloves. We do. Um Last thing here, kind of interesting tidbit from the end of last week. The LA Kings are expected to hire former Senators head coach DJ Smith as an assistant for interim head coach Jim Hiller. So Smith should join the team this week sometime. Uh, The Kings are back on the ice for practice tomorrow. They had a little bit of a longer break. Um, Thoughts on this, DJ Smith? Poor Jim Hiller. Congrats, you're the new coach interim. By the way, we're going to bring in DJ Smith just in case. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Good for him. um, 
Rob Blake said that what Hill, he's very excited to see what Hiller brings and he, that he's going to be a completely different style of coach from McClellan, which I thought was interesting because we kind of said it would be more of the same. He runs the same program, same team. So we'll, we'll see, see what the Kings we'll look like in the next yeah. couple of weeks. It's easy to say that it's one thing to to implement it on the ice. Was he going to have a whole new system? He might. Maybe he just had it in his back pocket for when the coach got fired. Then Todd leaves and he's like, Ta-da, I got this great plan. It's going to work. I didn't want to share it. <laughs> now I got it. <laughs> so we'll see how it works. So, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate the support. We'll talk to you guys on Friday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 